Welcome back into the Wildcat Playbook right here at Beyond the Big Ten. You can follow us at Beyond the Big Ten, where we go beyond the game for all your Big Ten college sports news. Uh, welcome to the show, everybody. I'm Joey Christopoulos. Let's bring in our co-host here. He is former Northwestern standout, a legend himself, former Bears defensive end, Fox 32's very own, CHGO's very own, Corey Wooten. What's up, Corey? Hey, what's up, Joey? A bye week this past week, so... You know, we got a little week off from football as far as the Cats go, but we saw some really good games this week. How about that Washington game? Washington-Oregon, right? That was that was the game of the week this week. Uh, my sister was actually at that game. Uh, she said it was unbelievable. She was kind of texting back and forth. But how about Michael Penix, right? I don't think people uh, understand how talented he is, right? I was following him when I worked for the Big Ten Network when he was back at Indiana, right? Young guy that was very mobile, was still trying to figure things out as, as a throwing quarterback, had a lot of potential. But to see where he is now is unbelievable. He really put that team on his back. And I don't think there's a quarterback out there that's playing as confident as he is right now. And that's the big question I think that a lot of people are having in college football circles is after, you know, Caleb Williams, who, let's be honest, is probably still going to be the number one pick in the NFL draft next year, goes out there and throws three picks. And honestly, the pressure got to him a little bit against Notre Dame. And I think that's the question I want to ask you, Corey. Has Penix just inched in front of Caleb Williams in the Heisman race just a little bit for right now? Yeah, I, I think in terms of the Heisman race, for sure. I, I think they're, they would allow one bad game if Caleb Williams bounces back, right? If, if he has some major performances in some of the bigger games throughout the rest of the season. I think that's what it would take because he is he is a talented quarterback. What he can do you know, with his feet, what he can do passing the ball. But Notre Dame got after him. I think it was like the perfect storm, right? The week before, Notre Dame plays Louisville. And they beat the brakes off him, Joey. He's old-fashioned, take you in the back alley, whoop you, Louisville, Papa John Stadium. They're handing out pizzas over there, you know, Shaq's in the t- – <laughs> no, he's not really, but he's the owner now, uh, not the old guy. But I-, I think that was like the perfect storm, right? Notre Dame, they were really embarrassed on a big stage against Louisville. And then they're, they're coming out against USC, arguably the best prospect to come out since Andrew Luck as far as quarterback. And they're like, hey, this is our stage. This is our time to get after him. And they had a great game plan, right? They pressured him early and often. Three picks in the the first half. They just had him uncomfortable. So I think that's the recipe for success. The thing is, it doesn't matter if it's Caleb Williams, Michael Penix. If quarterbacks are pressured, right, they're going to make some errant throws. They're going to make bad decisions. But I think in terms of what we were talking about with the Heisman race, Michael Penix is starting to win a lot of people over because college game day was there the whole bit. Everybody's out there watching that game, and he lived up to the hype and some. He led them to a game-winning drive, and that's what it's about, right? It's being able to capitalize in those situations. Big players make big plays and big games, and Michael Penix showed that. Um, and also, Corey, you know better than anybody as a former defensive end, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is, even the great ones like Tom Brady, if you get pressure in their face – if you make them a little bit nervous, if you close down that time when they get to make decisions back there, anyone can be human playing the quarterback position. Look at the Giants, right? The Giants, right down the street from me, you know, where I grew up, 07 and 11, the Tom Brady killers, right? Michael Strahan, O.C. Minura, Justin Tuck, right? 07, Justin Tuck was a young guy. I believe that was his rookie season, right? Had three, mm. two to three sacks in the game. Was unbelievable in that Super Bowl. He was the he was the difference maker. I know they gave the uh, Super Bowl MVP to Eli Manning, but it should have been Justin Tuck. And that's something that we've been talking about on our Bears shows. How they re- need to revamp that defensive line. And when I look at the Big Ten right now, 
Penn State is a team, defensive line-wise, that is getting after people. And that's how you win games. So I think they're going to go a long way, and I think they're going to contend for that Big Ten title because of that defensive line. Yeah, perfect transition. Uh, let's flip it over to the Big Ten here just really quick because, um, you know, I- I've been saying this last couple of days, you know, Cupcake September is over. We are finally, this is the meat, baby. We are walking into the meat tent of the Big Ten schedule right now, and it doesn't get any better really than this Saturday. Penn State at Ohio State, two undefeated teams right now. Uh, Corey, you know, you, you teased a little bit. I got the edge going to Penn State in this one right now. I don't know if I, I don't know if I trust the quarterback. You know, where are you thinking? Where are you seeing that matchup? Yeah, going? I, I got Penn State too. I, I think they're they're really starting to emerge as a powerhouse in the Big Ten. Something that they've been up and down as years, but I think this is their year because defense wins championships. Ohio State, um, the, the verdict is out for them. I think Michigan is the team to beat in the Big Ten right now. And we were kind of talking about this before the show. I think the best player in the Big Ten right now, J.J. McCarthy, what he's been able to put up, the stats, this is the best quarterback I think the Big Ten's seen, especially from Michigan, in a while, right? 1,500 yards, 14 touchdowns, three interceptions. He is the difference maker. That's why they're able to put up such numbers offensively, points-wise. So I think it's going to be tough to beat Michigan, right? And I think that if there's any team to do it this year, I don't think it's going to be Ohio State. I think it will be Penn State to beat them. What are your thoughts on that, Joey? I mean, that that matchup's coming up in a couple of weeks. You're bringing up a really great point because, you know, we're going around. I think we're asking all of our shows right now, who do you think the best pound-for-pound Big Ten player is right now? And I'll be honest, a couple of votes went to Blake Corum. And I think that dude's got all the talent in the world. But to your point, do they really need him that much? Right? I mean, he's scoring touchdowns, but they don't need to feed him the rock and lean on him. Because J.J. honestly is having such a solid season. Um, and as you mentioned, now leading the Big Ten in touchdown passes. Um, I'm with you right now. But, you know, real quick, what's your thought? A lot of votes right now. The leader in the clubhouse might also be Marvin Harrison Jr. Can a wide receiver be the best pound-for-pound Big Ten player? Oh, is that possible right I, now? It, it definitely is, right? I think the QB situation in Ohio State is a little different. If he had J.J. McCarthy thrown to him, we'd be talking about a whole <laughs> different beast. We'd be talking about almost 200 yards a game, Joey. That's, that's how talented J.J. McCarthy is, and it's good to see um, because that's kind of been the issue with Ohio, with uh, Michigan, rather, right? They've always had solid quarterbacks, but they haven't had superstars, right? I'm trying to think mm-hmm. of the, the last really good quarterback. I'm talking about passer, right? Probably Chad Henney. Yeah, that I mean, in the last like ten to fifteen years, that that makes sense. Yep. I mean, you do have you have to go back pretty far. I mean, when we're talking skill position players, you know, in the early two thousands, you know, which is my era, you know, I think Michigan and Wolverines they were pumping out yep. guys left and right. But yeah, skill position, yeah, it might be probably Chad Henney. I think you're right on that. Yeah, so I, I think that's the difference maker right now when you talk about the teams throughout college football that are performing well right now, right? Oregon, right? They got Bo Nix, Washington, Michael Penix, right? Caleb Williams. So I think the common theme is a very talented quarterback, and I think that's why I'm giving Michigan the edge in the Big Ten as the best team right now. I have Penn State as a close second because we talked about it. The difference maker is that defensive line, that front seven, that they can they can dial up the blitz with the four, or they can bring some other guys there. So I think that's going to be the difference maker. And I could see a team like Penn State beating Michigan, depending on if they're really able to have a good game plan for getting after J.J. McCarthy. But on the other side, right, with Michigan, 
you have to have a plan for a talented front seven, right? The screens, the draws, get them off balance, quick tempo, frustrate them, right? Because as a former defensive lineman, mm-hmm. when you're talented and you're able to pa- rush the passer, you hate when teams do that to you because it keeps you off balance. It keeps you frustrated. So if I'm Michigan, that's how I attack a team like Penn State or even Ohio State that has a talented front four as well. Yeah, it's a great litmus test coming up this weekend with Penn State, Ohio State. I just sort of feel like it's that boxing match where if Penn State can win, it kind of sort of sends that shot out to Michigan of like, hey, we're kind of coming a little bit. And Penn State, incredibly well-rounded team. Obviously, we know about the running game, but I think when you talk about Penn State versus Michigan, the way you're kind of lining it up, I mean, it is going to kind of come down to that to Drew Aller making those right throws and maybe going toe-to-toe with J.J. McCarthy. Um, I think it is going to be a couple weeks. We'll see what the weather is going to be like, too, as well, but... But now, I mean, this is it, man. This is the Big Ten schedule that everyone's been waiting for. We are right in the middle. Yeah, I'm excited for it. And, and Joey, the thing is, when you look at Michigan, right, the past two years they beat Ohio State. And when I was still working for the Big Ten Network back in 2019, I had said something on on air. And, I mean, uh, what was it? Uh, Michigan fans got mad at me. I said, how is this still a rivalry, right, when, when Michigan hasn't been competitive in this rivalry, right? I know the history of it and all that. And people got so <laughs> – it took it way out of context. I'm just saying, right, for something to be a rivalry, it has to be competitive. And, the, you know, 2019 all the way back to, I think, 06 or something like that, Ohio State beat the brakes off of Michigan. It, it just is what it is. Now Michigan's back. And, and it seemed can they go three in a row? That would be huge for the program when you talk about recruiting, right? Michigan Ohio State have always been the kings, and, and now they have that recruiting that, hey – we beat Ohio State three years in a row. That's something that could be huge. Hey, we put out a great quarterback in J.J. McCarthy. So if you're a talented quarterback, come here. You can win games. We could beat Ohio State. So it's great for recruiting. So this is a huge year for Ohio State, right? It doesn't look like they, they have the quarterback position, really what it used to be with C.J. Stroud, Justin Fields, some of these guys in years of late. But if they can beat Michigan, right, this would be huge for them when they don't have the stud at quarterback that they normally do. Corey, let's flip it on over to the Big Ten West. Um, Iowa, the eye roll of the Big Ten, uh, dropped Wisconsin 15-6 to to stay on top. Like, oh, God, do we have to play these guys? Like, good grief. Um, but let's flip it on over. Let's talk some Cats, uh, cats football here. Uh, coming off the bye, uh, taking on – they're going to Nebraska uh, to take on a team that honestly seems on paper um, in a lot of ways, especially with how the Cats have been playing the last couple weeks. Seems like a very beatable matchup, Corey, so let's open it up. Let's do Corey's keys here right now in the Wildcat playbook. Uh, give us the first key to a Wildcats victory over Nebraska this weekend. It's got to be get the run game going, right? Cam Porter and company, like, you got to be able to do that. And have Hyman, right, the, the heavy hitter. Have that one-two punch, the thunder and lightning, because he needs to get more carries in there, Joey. What we've seen from him this year, when he gets the ball, he has those big burst plays, Right, that that's the difference maker in momentum. So feed him the rock more. Get Cam Porter going. It's going to take the pressure off the offensive line and Ben Bryant. Hopefully he's back this week. He got healed up, rested up. So I think get the run game going. It'll make everything that better, that much better for the offense. Yeah, Corey. You know you've been talking about it for a while now, uh, at least a month on these podcasts here. That you know we have to continue to try to find different tendency breakers. Uh, to keep kind of like mixing things up a little bit. My guy, A.J. Henning, hopefully he's healthy. He comes back. Again, that quick little end around. 
getting the ball to Joseph Hyman's hands. These are tendency breakers that can help the Cats' offense moving forward. Corey, give us the second key. What is it going to take for the Cats to pick up a victory this weekend? And, by the way, go over 500. Yeah, it's, it, it's got to be stop the run, right? Harburg, the quarterback, right? He, he He's a mobile guy, right? He can really hurt you. He has a long run of 72 yards. He's averaging five yards a pop, right? Passing the football, he's only got 631 yards, Four, four touchdowns, he's not going to hurt you with his arm. So I think if they can stay disciplined, stay at home with the zone reads, some of the options, stay at home with him, keep him in the pocket when he does pass the ball, if they can be able to limit him in the games that teams have limited him, they've struggled to get things going. So he is the engine that runs that offense, and defensively, you have to have all eyes on him. Mueller and company have to play their best games at linebackers, right, because they're going to be the guys scraping to him to have him one-on-one. Defensive ends, if you have him, get up the field, force him back inside. So that's what I want to see this week from the Cats, and this is a huge game, Joey, and I I talked about this. I'm telling you, I think this is a must-win. You can clip this. Clip it. Must win for the Cats if they're going to make a bowl game this year, right? Because it's going to start the momentum, right? There's a couple games that they can win, right? Purdue and Illinois. But it starts with Nebraska. This is a very winnable game. And I told you, if if you knock out the quarterback, I think it makes things a lot harder for them. So, Corey, give it to me. Do you got a final score? What are you thinking? You want to put your name yes, on something? What do you I'll, think I'll put gonna my do name on this. I think this is going to be a tight one. I got the Cats winning 24-17, right? I think it's going to be a, a, a tough game, back and forth. Um, but I think the Cats have the edge here. I think especially if Ben Bryant's back, healthy and ready to go. And if they can get that running game going, I think it's going to take the pressure off that offense. And I think it'll allow them to be functional and, and what we've seen in some of the games where they play well in Minnesota, right? Things weren't always pretty, but they made some plays. So I, I, I got this in a tight one. What do you got? I mean, honestly, if Ben Bryant comes back, I think it is a – now, granted, we're taping this right now. Uh, we're taping this right on a Monday, so we're not exactly sure uh, what's going to happen with Ben Bryant. But, man, you're making a great point. If he does come back and he's under center, that is a galvanizing, galvanizing moment for the offense. Um, look, of course, they you know they took their lumps against Penn State when he lost that game, but they ended up building something for a couple weeks. So him coming back, I like the idea of maybe getting some points early on the board. I'm going to go a little bit lower than you. Uh, I do want to pick the Cats to win, but I'm with you on the defensive side of the ball, where I think execution-wise, there's not going to be a lot of opportunities for takeaways out there. So it is going to be about you know plugging in those gaps, like you talked about that gap discipline. Uh, I'm going 17-13 Cats. I'm going to go with the low-scoring like game, it. really, really tight. And, uh, you know, it might come down to a couple field goals, a couple of drives later on in the game. But if they can get maybe 10 points in the first half, I just really like their chances to be able to hang on and win this I game. I like that. And, and do, you agree, do you agree with what I'm, what, I'm, what I'm preaching, that this is a must-win game for the Cats when you look at opportunities to get wins? Absolutely. Because, Corey, look, here's where we're at, right? We started the season. Again, we brought it up again. They were only a 25 over under win loss to start the season we both went over i'm sitting at four right now they could be at four before halloween so if you're sitting there at three and three and you look at the rest of the schedule and we say hey wisconsin's playing illinois this weekend one of those teams have to has to lose right minnesota we'll see what happens you know it's it, all of this kind of leading itself a little bit to the cats getting back into i'm not saying winning the big 10 west but what i'm saying is getting a little bit closer to being competitive and getting into that eligible bowl conversation so I'm with you, man. There's only a couple more of these that they really need to pick up. Illinois is one of them off the top. I think Purdue might be one of them. Nebraska, 1,000% is one of them. So I'm with you. This is a must win for the Cats. And when you talk about making a bowl game, right, stacking some of these wins 
And with everything, you know, we said this before, everything off the field with all the hazing allegations, um, guys decommitting left and right, four stars, uh, mm -hmm. talented guys, other guys transferring. So this would be huge for the recruiting to say, hey, listen, yeah, there were some things that went on. You know, there, there was all this negative attention. But look how these guys rallied, right? You could still go to Northwestern, get a great, a great education. You could play great football in the Big Ten and be able to make a bowl game even after everything that happened. So that would be a major victory for the Cats. And then we talked about it, right? If they can get the NIL deal situated, right, because of all the – all the successful alumni that came out of Northwestern, if they pull that money together and are able to get some big-time recruits, right? Because, Joey, you can make the NFL from anywhere. The facilities are bar none at, at Northwestern, right? They're some of the best in, in, in the country, right? Um, right, up, right on Lake Michigan. So it's unbelievable what you have as a student athlete. You have the access to a great education, right? So even if you do play in the NFL, not for long, Joey, what do you, what do you rely on? That degree. So I think, I think when it comes down to recruiting, you play good football in the Big Ten. You're competitive. You're, you're vying for that Big Ten title, right? I'm not going to say they're going to do that this year. They've done it in, in the past few years back when Fitzgerald was here. But if they can get back to that, I think it would be huge for recruiting. It starts with making a bowl game. And then if they could win a bowl game, that, that would be that much sweeter for this program with everything that went on this offseason. Completely agree. They only won one game last year, and they still had guys get drafted, right? They had dudes going in the, you know, obviously fell a little bit in the draft, but we got guys going in the third round. We got guys going in the fifth round. You know, imagine what can happen to the program if they start stacking some wins on the board. And after everything that happened this offseason, you know, it's just, uh, you know, it's just uh, it's house money a little bit at this point. But now we're hungry, right? We want to get after it a little bit, and now's the time to do it. Um, before we get out of here, excuse me. I want to do a little Corey story just really quick. Um, Corey stories. We're coming off a of bye week, so bring us in uh, to the perspective of the player. Bring us into the life. Um, however you want to take mm -hmm. this, but I'll kind of throw some stuff out there for you. Uh, did you did you enjoy the bye week? You know, especially after maybe coming off a victory or coming off a tough yeah. loss. Uh, what did you do with your time? Mm -hmm. uh, did you guys like bond together? Did you go home? What is a bye week like for a college football yeah, player? Yeah, so so on a bye week, usually uh, after your game on 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 Saturday, uh, the coaches usually give you a couple days off, right? Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, usually uh, that you don't have any practice. So depending on your class schedule and whatnot, you could you could go home. So what I did is uh, my my roommate that you met, Prince. Uh, he lived. He lived in Munster, Indiana, which is about an hour from Chicago. So we used to go back to his hometown, hang out there for a couple of days. You know, watch some Sunday NFL football, kick it, and depending on our class schedule, we'll stay for another day, come back, um, go out, have some fun. But you know, the thing you got to be careful of during a bye week, and that's college level, NFL level, right? There's a lot of lulls sometimes after that because you have some time off. You get a little bit out of your routine. And I always felt like when I first came back after those couple days off, I felt a little more tired. I felt a little more winded, right? I felt like I had to do a little bit more conditioning mm -hmm. after some of these early practices from a couple days off. So it, it, it is different, right? People underestimate, oh, a week off, people get healthy and all this. But sometimes people come back a little bit out of shape, right? If you were eating a little too much, you're partying a little too much. There's a great line right there. So I always felt like I, I enjoyed the bye week for the time off. But from the football aspect, I, I disliked it a lot because I felt like it got you out of your rhythm. It got you out of your routine. And think about it. When, when things are starting to, to come together and then you have a week off, 
you're all of a sudden like, oh no. So it messes messes with the chemistry a little bit, but hopefully they can bounce back, have some good practices. And I feel like the times that we came off a of bye week and did well is we, we practiced fast. We practiced hard when we got back. We did a little bit of extra conditioning. We got in the weight room. So that way there wasn't that lull. There wasn't that lack of conditioning when you came back. Because, yeah, a couple of days here or there really impacts uh, – you know, players. So it's going to be interesting to see how they start out in this game, right? Joey, there might be a little slow start. Um, so that's usually after bye week, college level, NFL level, you see that a lot. Yeah, you got to keep that edge, not to do a cross sports reference, but when you're talking about the importance of rhythm in sports, just ask the Orioles, the Braves, and the Dodgers, uh, <laughs> who all had five or six <laughs> days off before they started their playoff run, whether they like rhythm or not. Uh, real quick, just uh, maybe a quick answer. Um, what's your cheat meal? What's your bi-week cheat meal? Oh. It says, I'm going nuts tonight. What am I so doing? So it had to be uh, some Buffalo Joe's wings. Yeah. Yes. Buffalo Joe's wings and the Lou Malnati Chicago Classic deep dish with the cookie skillet. Come on, baby. Got to do it. Got to do it big, you know? <laughs> I'm Pat Crispy Crust, just a hint for any of those that are on And the old gut that. buster, uh, RC. You know the gut buster. <laughs> that, that big jumbo drink. People don't know about the RC, okay? <laughs> uh, Corey, are you going to share that? No, no, that's just Corey's. That's Corey's one. We have a different one over here that you guys can drink from. That's all his. Uh, <laughs> this is the Wildcat Playbook podcast right here at Beyond the Big Ten. Uh, follow us at Beyond the Big Ten. We go beyond the game for all your Big Ten college football action all season long. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, if you like the show, please tell a friend. Spread the word. Uh, we're coming, you guys. Great things on the horizon. Great content um, in the near future. So make sure you stick around and check that out. My name is Joey Christopoulos. Follow me at Joey Sports Guy. My man, Corey Wooten. Follow him at Corey Wooten. Two O's, two T's. Get it right. Uh Great show, my man. Go Cats, go Cats, go Cats. You take it home, yeah. and when we're Have out. Have a great here. week, uh, bye week. Hopefully they get rested up. Ben, Bryant, Henning, hopefully they're back in the lineup because they are difference makers, Joey. Comes down to the running game. Cam Porter, Hyman, got to give him the rock. If Henning is back, you got to find opportunities to, to get them the ball, whether it's wide receiver versus some screens, some deep shots. And defensively, got to stop the run, right? They're going to try to run the quarterback. Got to be able to stay at home to limit him. When he does pass the ball, keep your rushing lanes. If they can do that, they can come out with a victory. And I told you, this is a must-win game for the Cats if they want to go bowling, okay? The must-win game. Get that gun, Buster. <laughs> we'll see you next week.